0: I. V. M. Menaka Gandhi applied for a passport. But did she get it? Is the question. Hello and welcome to The Longest Constitution. My name is Priya Mirza and this podcast is about the constitution of India and this season is about work. And pretty much everything is work. From the cities we move to work, the roads we drive on to work, The air that we breathe to work. And it is impossible to separate these from the state and policies, law and the constitution. And as we saw in the previous episodes about the Dongria Cones, our lives are often affected by decisions taken by people millions of miles away. So who is responsible for when things go wrong? So in today's show, we are carrying on with simultaneous journeys. The journey of the evolution of environmental laws, the PIL, and the freedom of expression. Our first story today is about Menaka Gandhi, who wanted a passport and applied for one. Yawn, boring, what's the big deal? Maybe today, yes, but back then, it was a big deal. This was 1977 and the regional passport officer rejected her application, in the name of public order, without giving her any reasons. Now, a couple of things here. The first is the right to travel. is in fact, a fundamental right under Article 19, the freedom to movement, but that movement is within India. The Constitution of India did not specifically grant a right to travel abroad. The second, and flowing from that, the Ministry of External Affairs had discretionary rights in granting passports in the first two decades of independent India. And since my work is on the history of civil aviation in colonial and independent India, I hate to be so immodest, but do read my essay published in Caravan about flying abroad in the 1950s and 1960s, which I have thoughtfully added below. So the basic point was that flying abroad was not a fundamental right till 1967. And under the Passport Act of 1967, there were grounds on which a passport could be declined and impounded. So if the law itself is arbitrary and unreasonable, can it be questioned? And that's what Menika Gandhi asked. She filed a petition challenging sections of the law itself which were arbitrary, unreasonable, and most importantly, violated Article 21 of the Constitution, which guarantees life and personal liberty. Our second story today is a terrible, terrible story. The city is Bhopal. The year is 1984. On the night of 2nd December in a factory, a gas leaks. Methyl isocyanate leaked from Union Carbide's pesticide factory, So this was an American factory producing a pesticide called 7. And the company knew about the fatal effects of methyl isocyanate or MIC. And this molecule was so volatile that its combination with just a few drops of water led to an uncontrollably violent reaction. And no safety system, no matter how sophisticated, would be able to stop it from emitting a fatal cloud into the atmosphere. And to prevent explosion, MIC had to be kept permanently at a temperature near zero degrees Celsius. And the company's manual had an entire chapter in detail of the horrible effects of inhaling MIC. First, severe pains in the chest. Then, suffocation. And finally, pulmonary edema and possible death. On 2nd December 1984, 30 tons of methyl isocyanate leaked into the air. This is the end. Hold your breath and count to 10. Feel the earth move and then hear my heart burst again for this is the end. The gas killed more than 15,000 people. We will never know the exact number and affected over 600,000 people. People ran onto the streets, vomiting and dying. Within hours, the city ran out of cremation grounds. Meanwhile, Union Carbide, in its first official statement, said that methyl isocyanate was a mild irritant. A mild irritant? Which caused chronic illnesses such as pulmonary fibrosis, bronchial asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, disrupted menstrual cycles, deformed children, and neurological disorders for decades, amongst other sufferings. So who was responsible for this? And what was a toxic industrial unit doing in a densely populated part of the city? So I was reading up about the history of this and was horrified that at one point, When the factory was being set up and questions of safety arose, officials promised that it would be, and I quote, as inoffensive as a chocolate factory. All right. now grimly moving on to other matters. Our third story of the day is about free speech and we saw in the previous episode that following the First Amendment, three restrictions were added to Article 19 Part 2, making it Eight in total, those would be the sovereignty and integrity of India, security of the state, friendly relations with foreign states, public order, decency or morality, contempt of court, defamation, and the eighth one, incitement to an offense. So remember these. I'm going to take a surprise test any day, kiddos, and it doesn't matter if you're graying or not, a test is a test is a test, and a teacher is a teacher is a teacher. So, under restrictions placed on the grounds of morality, the regime of film censorship was established by the Cinematograph Act of 1952. And with that, the censor board was created. So, what is the censor board? The censor board is our national auntie. Kissing in the park? Chi. Wearing short skirts? Haw. Brass trap dikha hai? Beshara. <laughs> Except that this national auntie regulates what we watch at the theatre. If that's not bad enough, many of our oppressive ideas are not even original. I mean, show me how evil and original you are and I may be impressed, but here it is not even that. So our Cinematographer Act 1952 was based on British ideas from 1918 which were extraordinarily broad and equally vague regulating cinema on grounds such as vice and immorality. Relations between the sexes and indecorous and sensuous postures could be censored. Okay, but what if it's a documentary film about poverty and equality? And that's what K. A. Bas's 1968 film a tale of four cities was about. But it was not granted a general certificate. Abbas was the first to challenge the constitutionality of this act in 1969. So what happened to the victims of the Bhopal gas tragedy? Apart from the death, suffering and injustice, it took the world's worst industrial disaster to note that there was no law in India to regulate industrial damages of the scale or the environment. Meanwhile, in Menaka Gandhi versus Union of India 1977, in a landmark judgment, Justice Bhagwati asked the question, if an arbitrary or fanciful procedure or law could deprive a person of their liberty, opening the door to courts to question provisions of the law itself and thereby radically expanding the interpretations of Articles 14, 19 and 21. This was big, by the way, for the history of PIL, for reasons we will see in the subsequent episodes. Meanwhile, what about censorship and movies? In K.A. Abbas versus Union of India, 1971, the state upheld the right to censor. A major deprivation of our fundamental right to receive all kinds of ideas, no matter how immoral they may be. Anti-GEU won, but the battle isn't over yet. So today's takeaways are, the first, in Menaka Gandhi's passport case, even if a law meets the requirements of procedural due process, it is still open for a person to challenge it for violating other provisions of the constitution. Second, on account of the great censor board, we are treated like children at a national level. Prior restraint allows the government immense powers of controlling what we can watch and what we cannot. The third, the Bhopal gas tragedy was one of the biggest legal scandals and raised questions of legal liability. It took a colossal tragedy to pass India's first umbrella law on the environment, and that's the Environment Protection Act of 1986. We are going to unravel this in three parts, today's being part one. So hold on. And with this, we end today's episode. Let the sky fall when it crumbles we will stand tall and face it all together at Skyfall. Did you like this episode? If you have questions or comments, please send them in on Twitter. I'm at Fundamentally p and on Instagram, the longest constitution. Until next time, this is me Priya Mirza signing out.